Welcome to Warm and Fuzzy, a podcast dedicated to all things nostalgic. We review our favourite movies, TV shows and talk about the fun trends from our childhood. I'm your host Shane. And I'm your co-host Amelia. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Warm and Fuzzy. I am your host, Shane. And I'm your co-host, Amelia. Well, that was quite regal. <laughs> that was quite stunning. <laughs> she, giving uh, newsreader vibes. She was. She was giving Sandra <laughs> Sully. Um, how are you? I'm good. Uh, you know, just cruising along, working. The sun is out this week, yeah, so I'm getting a lot stunning. done um, and it's also lifted my mood. But it's yeah. kind of like, it's that part of, it's that time of the year where the sun is going down a lot earlier. So you only have so many hours in a day to get your shit done. But then like once it gets dark, it gets fucking cold. Dark and yeah, cold, dark, like quite dreary, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of love this era as well, this like kind of trans-seasonal moment because... It's nice in the day in the sense of, like, it's really nice in the sun, but there's also a nice wind. Like, mm, I love yeah. a nice southerly breeze. Oh. So, it's nice to it's nice to have that going on. Okay, cute. You know? Cute. Yeah, we love. And it's nice and, like, snuggly when you get home. Like, yeah. Out, out of, like, cold weather and you're just like, ah, I'm home. Yeah. We love it's a nice jacket as well. We love a yes. jacket and a jumper. Yeah. Any excuse to wear my wool coat or my long, long-ass puffer jacket. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a Your my puffer? walking doona. I love it. I, I love, love it. it. Oh, dead. Didn't even bring it today. I'm sad. I know. Oh, who am I? <laughs> How are you this week? What's happening? I'm good. I'm good. Um, this wild flu is going around, which has taken out my boss, which oh, is no. not great. Um, and it's like on the eve of a lot of hectic things going on, but we're making it work. You know what I mean? We're just like living our best life and trying to stay positive and I appreciate your perkiness. I know. Um, Look, it comes in ebbs and flows. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, other than that, it's been good. Like Josh has been away for work. Um, So yeah, it's been nice. Nice. It's been nice. What have you been watching? Um, So we watched Apocalypse Now. Okay. The iconic 70s film starring um, Martin Sheen, Marlon Brando, you know, just a lot of like really famous actors, Mm -hmm. like a very young Harrison Ford. Yum. um, Lawrence Fishburne as well, like Mm -hmm. 17-year-old, his character was in the movie. Um, Yeah, so we just really wanted to watch an iconic like older film. Mm -hmm. And Dan is typically not somebody who watches older films. Josh is the same. He hates them. Like he just, it's not... It's not that he hates them, it's just not something that he would want to watch when effects are, you know. See, I love them. Yeah. I'm such I'm a the fan. same. Yeah. I, like, I will always watch older films. Yeah. Like, yeah, I love them. Um, so, anyway, we watched it and it was incredible. It was really nice to watch and it really comes down to, like, the shots in the film. Obviously, the acting was incredible. Yeah. But, like, the cinematography was so good Mm -hmm. that you're watching it and you're like this is better than some newer films today like the way that they did it and like you know that it would have cost them a mozza to film it yeah because it's a war movie and Mm -hmm. they filmed it in vietnam apparently over 16 months it was supposed to be like 16 weeks or something but it took a long long time yeah they had like a shot of them like with like six helicopters all in a row all flying across Mm -hmm. the ocean, like towards the camera. And you're thinking in 1979, like what technology did you have to film all that and put all that together? Imagine coordinating that. Exactly. And it's like they didn't have drone shots, anything like that. So they would have had to do that from a helicopter or a plane. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was really – Yeah, it was a great film. And then I'm still watching Vanderpump Rules. Um, I also want to watch Top Gun. Oh, the Cruise. new one? Yes, but I want to watch the original because I've never watched the oh, original. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I've yeah. watched it like as a child. Mm. So I wouldn't have like a huge recollection of it. Yeah. Um, one of my gay awakening. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> not shook. Not a shook. young Val Kilmer, Tom Cruise. Yeah. 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 And we also watched the Val Kilmer documentary like a few months back and – um, now knowing that he has a small bit part in the new film, I'm really kind of intrigued to see what, how that works because he had throat cancer and he mm-hmm. his vocal cords aren't really intact anymore. So oh, he, wow. yes, he speaks out of his 
he does speak out of his mouth, but his vocal cords are like something happened to them. So now he has a very like unique way of speaking. Oh. So they digitally remastered his voice for the film, I believe, with like oh AI. Gosh. So I'm really intrigued to see like how that all worked. Yeah, that's going to yeah. be crazy. What about you? What have you watched? Um, I've been watching Vanderpump Rules as well. Yes, you got back into it because yeah, of me. Literally because of you. So I'm a few seasons ahead of you. Mm-hmm. I'm on season eight. I think I'm up to episode eight or nine from yeah. that season. Um, I can't wait for you to catch up so we can talk about it. Yeah, because you can't you talk to me about it. And anything. you're just like, I don't know that yet. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> And geez. I'm really bitchy about it. I'm like, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Because I know so many things from like, obviously them being in pop culture. Yeah. Like I know that Stassi's married. I know that Tom and Katie split up. Like yeah. I know um, that James and, and Raquel have broken up, even mm-hmm. though Raquel's literally just been introduced in season five where I'm up to. Yeah. Yeah. So like the, it's, it's weird, but. Yeah. There's also things that I would like to be surprised about. Yes. Yeah. There's still going to be a lot, mm. which is great. And Sheena's still married to Shay at this you, point. Oh, yeah. So she's. Jeez, that yeah. feels like a lifetime ago. I know, and Crazy. it's interesting because like I knew her one as the girl who had an affair with Brandy's husband, yeah. but also as her name Sheena Shay. Yes. So like in pop culture, that's what I knew her as. Yeah. And then when I looked her up, it was like just Sheena Marie, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Now she just goes by Sheena. Yeah, Sheena. Yeah. Like Cher. Like Madonna. Like Madonna or Kylie. (laughs) Dead. Yeah. And then other than that, I've been dipping in and out of this show called Working Mums. Oh, okay. That is one of my guilty pleasures. I I love that show. I love it. And obviously as a publicist, like the main characters are publicists Mm -hmm. as well. So it's really fun to just like see like PR depicted on the screen as well. Yeah. Um, it's but I've been jumping in and out of that. So Josh is watching it like when I'm not there and when I'm there. So I've been watch- jumping. But it's one of those shows you kind of can do that with. And it can be background noise sometimes as well. 100%, yeah. which I love. Um, what season are you up to? Oh, I couldn't tell you. Mm. I think it's like season two. There's a few seasons, right? Four or five. Is she... What is happening with her and her husband at this stage? I think they're in an ick at the moment. Yeah. Like Nathan Jr. I think the last episode was like Nathan Jr. ran away because she went missing. Um, that was the last thing I can remember. But they seem like they're in a bit of an ick, her and the husband. Does she have that flirtation with a co-worker yet? Is there a co-worker no. that she's like flirty with? No. Okay. Yeah. Things okay. get more fun. Oh. Yeah. Okay, vibes. Yeah. Um, the therapist has gone to anger management. Yeah. That's kind of where I am yeah, yeah, right yeah. now. She's just been like court ordered to go to anger management so oh, she can get her license back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm quite early on. From I memory, the like, ki- her kid is really annoying, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's working as like the receptionist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Very random. Fun. Oh, it's but such that's a good a really show. Good show. Yeah. yeah. I love yeah. it. Um, should we talk about this week's movie? Yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> this is such an exciting one. This was very like off the cuff of us. Mm. Very like last minute, me literally texting you yesterday and being like, let's do this movie. But it's been on our list since we decided since to do a podcast. To, yeah, yeah, since like our first initial like brainstorm. I know. And I can't believe it's taken us so long. I know. Um, do you want to announce it? Yeah, this week's movie is Jawbreaker. Yes. Um. I'll jump into all that nitty gritty. So the year it was released was 1999. Um, the rating is R, 18 plus. That doomed rating. Um, <laughs> we know time and time again, everyone does not want to be rated R. So you'll kind of see how that detrimented the movie. I guess we'll, we can touch on it like mm. slightly in a second. Um, the category is comedy, crime and thriller. The director was Darren Steen. Um, he was also the writer of the actual film. Noteworthy films, there was like literally nothing that I looked at and I was like, oh my God, like that's amazing. Mm. So this is kind of like a one hit wonder. Um, The budget was three million. million, Yep. And it grossed 3.1. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't do well at the box office, but it's a cult Fave. Yeah, like, so it's become a cult fave whoop. over time. Um, ID like said, you know, it essentially walked so movies like it's been like equated to the Heather's, kind of like a more comedic version of the Heather's. Yeah, but, but 
you know, this kind of walked so like Mean Girls. Like I was watching it and I was like, oh, like this, the way it's set out is so similar mm-hmm. to Mean Girls. Even um, Euphoria. Yeah, like Euphoria as well. Yeah. Courtney, Maddie. Yeah. Same. Literally. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. We kind of see that happen time and time again, right? Um. Yeah, but I agree, like, with Heathers. So, he knows that as well, Darren. And he was saying that, like, the only real similarity is three bitchy girls and a murder. Yeah. But Heathers is really about Winona and um, Christian Slater's love story. 100%. Whereas um, Jawbreaker is more about an evil girl. Yeah. Jawbreakers <laughs> is more like if the Heathers, like, if Christian Slater, like, had never Just gotten was involved. was never in it. Yeah. 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 Um, so, from a cast perspective, we have Rose McGowan as the amazing Courtney Shane. Um, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> she listens. Shout out. Shout out to um, the fact that her last name's Shane as well. Oh. Um, Rebecca Gayhard as Julie Freeman. Julie Benz as Marcy Foxy Fox. She's from the white chick, right? She's one of the heiress, the, the rival heiress sisters. Is she not? Possibly. I only remember her from Dexter. She's, oh, Dexter, she's Dexter. Dexter's wife. Oh. Yeah. I was like, where do I know this little face from? Okay. Yeah. I love her. She's so hot. Mm. Um, Judy. Foxy. Yes. Judy Greer as Fern Violet Iconic Mayo. Judy Greer in her first, one of her first like supporting actress <laughs> her first roles. Time being, her first time being a supportive actress yeah, of many times. Yeah, in a times. career of supporting, supporting actress, actress roles. Supporting actress roles. Yeah. I think she almost like embraces it though, right? Like it doesn't feel like she really cares. No, it feels like she almost goes for these yeah, roles now. Because she's like, I don't want to be like the front line. Yeah. And Judy Greer is someone, if you saw... You would be like, oh my God, I recognize you from a thousand things. She shines in all of her supporting actress yeah, roles. I love I agree. Them. I agree. Would you say she's kind of, oh, this might be a stretch, like Michelle Pfeiffer for a really long time was a supporting actress in a lot of things. Like she was mm. like, she had that era of her being like Grace too. And like, you know what I mean? That kind oh, of that era. That was the start of her career yeah. though, because like, what, uh, not long after that, she was, you know, main actress energy. Yeah. 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 I don't See, think she's Michelle Pfeiffer. I think she's quite often been supporting actress Michelle Pfeiffer, but she gives lead actress energy. Mm. While I think Judy Greer is happy to like not be in the but limelight. But Judy Greer is always supporting actress to another actress, whereas Michelle Pfeiffer would be supporting actress to a male Male lead. act, yeah, it's so true, it's, it's true. Yeah. Different vibe. Very different vibe. Yeah. Judy Greer is perpetual best friend. Yeah. I think Judy Greer as well, she's probably just in it like because she loves acting, right? It's yeah. like, I feel like you would take those kinds of roles if you love acting, but you An don't actor's love... actor. Totally. Mm. She doesn't want the notoriety. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Charlotte Ayana as Elizabeth Liz Purr. Get the bill, Purr. <laughs> <laughs> you know the TikTok clip? <laughs> no, I don't know that. Oh, I'll play no. it for you after. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm like, what? Those were like the standouts to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I love Mrs. Sherwood, the Sherwood? principal, Sherwood. Yeah, yeah. I love her as an actress. I'm trying to place what else she's from. Yeah, I recognised her too. Let yeah. me... It's the voice. It's that iconic voice. And just like the hair, the blonde hair. Oh, Succession. No, I know what she's from. She's yeah. from Kimmy Schmidt. Mm. That's it. The Unbreakable mm. Kimmy Schmidt. She's the landlord. She's hilarious in Kimmy Schmidt. I was like, where do I know her from? Adam's Family, The Pacifier, lol. Oh, okay. With so I've gotten her confused with Jay Smith Cameron. Yeah. They look so similar. Such a similar vibe. Maybe Jay she has more deep set eyes though. Yeah. 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 Mm. I love her. Shout out to Miss Sherwood. <laughs> Um, so the film was actually, Darren wrote the script in 1994, 94, um, and it wasn't picked up by Columbia TriStar until 1998. Wild. Yeah. Um, and the film is very campy. Hun, this is like camp-a-doodle-doo. Yeah. Like, can I just say that if scene? If the Met was camp again, everyone would just go as a character <laughs> just from Jawbreaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The scene that really like stuck in my mind rewatching it this time was like Courtney Shane's such a dumb top. Like she is. <laughs> she's such a dumb top when she's like getting the guy to lick the popsicle. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, sis. I was squirming. I was like, this is like even intense for me to watch, but like... It was hilarious and just I also so wasn't against it. <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah. Like it was so like and kind of dark and like twisted as yeah. well. Um, I think this is just such an... This is 
a very iconic movie. Yeah. And it's interesting, like, to kind of learn, like, what age groups people were in when they first watched it. Like, this came out in 1999. Yeah. I was 11. And I feel like I was around 12 Mm -hmm. when I watched it for the first time. Because I I haven't watched it since then. It's not a movie that I've gone back to, which I thoroughly regret now. Oh, see, it's a movie I've gone back to. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Because I watched it for the first time in a long time. And I was Mm -hmm. like, fuck me, this is great. Great, great film. I remember exactly where I watched it. I was at my childhood best friend Courtney's place Mm. and she was like have you seen this movie Jawbreaker I must have been like yeah like 10 or 11 at that point and I was just like no and I remember watching it and being like oh my god it was it was Courtney Shane really gives like big dick energy (laughs) does she not she's like the epitome of big dick energy she is 100% yeah Yeah. um and so I was reading like the uh like an interview with entertainment weekly with like the cast like 20 years on or something yeah and um judy greer was saying that a boy kind of passed her a note in sephora mm-hmm. and um and it said like you're a gay icon thank you for doing jawbreaker Stop. yeah and she was like oh my god it was the sweetest thing and then like rebecca Gayhart, um because she has little girls yeah um she was saying that she's had like a bunch of babysitters be like oh my god i loved you in jawbreaker i mm-hmm. was like seven when i watched it and she was like hold on what <laughs> how were you seven watching <laughs> yeah, that movie me? Um, and then Julie Benz also said that she got approached on the street by like a 20 year old girl who was like, oh, Jawbreaker is like my favorite movie. I'm obsessed. You're a legend. Are you mm-hmm. still working now? And she was <gasps> like, I'm too young to be a legend. And Damn. yes, I'm still working. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, right? How these movies and I've we've kind of seen this like tenfold, even with movies like Anaconda, for example, like mm. which did really well in the box office. <laughs> Shockingly well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, like, we're seeing this kind of running theme of these movies being released in the 90s and perhaps not being, like, appreciated for what they were. Mm. And then you see, like, tens of years later, they really become... They've really become these cult classics. Like, the one that I always think of straight away is um, Blade Runner. Like, Mm. not appreciated in its time, but actually, like, a visual masterpiece. Like, the director's cut, Ripley, Scott's director's cut is, Mm. like, amazing. Ridley. Ridley. Ripley. Ripley's Dead. Believe It or Not. <laughs> Ripley's Believe It or Not. That's Kim's fault. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Keep that stupid th- dress in your yeah. temperature control room. I, I haven't thought about Ripley's Believe It or Not since like 2013. Oh um, I totally lost my train of thought. Yeah, movies coming back and being relevant again. Movies coming back and being relevant. Developing yeah. like that cult following. And, and totally. I agree. And like the cool thing about Jawbreaker in particular is that watching it back, you see that this is a movie that ha- actually hasn't aged. Yep. And it, it doesn't date. 100%. And it was so smart in the way they did it because the costume isn't 90s it's Mm-mm. 50s meets 80s yeah according to vicky barrett the costume designer who yeah. worked with our gal mona may yes. who did clueless and romeo michelle so that's why the costuming is so like impeccable in this film a standout for me is rebecca gayhart julie her silhouettes in this entire film are just so like what's your 60s, favorite outfit that she wears 70s it's that it's that jacket. She's wearing like that really tailored jacket. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's like pants or jeans. Oh. It's when she's at the pool. When she's at the pool and she sees that vision. Oh, of. Okay. I also love the denim set where she's like walking through the crowd of people. And oh, you like a have left the core for Julie. No, I, I like pre-core four as well. Like I, yeah. I think Julie to me is the standout from like a style perspective. Mm. She's definitely like got these beautiful classic tailored looks you obviously see that change slightly post core four she's a little bit more messy can i tell you mine yeah the rubber pencil skirt yeah with the purple pumps yes (laughs) and then the green shirt like stunning that color combo is so hot and like that silhouette on her so sexy that color Um, combo with her features as well like her big doughy eyes eyes. like stun stunning um but some other things that didn't date are the soundtrack because they included songs from all different eras Mm -hmm. um but then you have some very 90s um like artists in there and then there's also like the dialogue that they use Mm -hmm. it's not dated at all it's very like quirky and fun very quotable yeah um and they don't speak like high schoolers as well like Mm -hmm. these look like college girls yeah um and they did that on purpose yeah you know um it's like that kind of running rhetoric of people always looking like always casting actors that are way too old to be in school like Like dawson's creek yeah dawson literally (laughs) being 30 (laughs) 
same as like 90210, same thing. Like mm-hmm. it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, talking about quotable, this movie is like incredibly quotable. I killed the teen dream. Deal with it. I love it. Um, there's just I so many. This. I killed the teen dream. Yeah. There's just so many quotable moments like mm-hmm. life's a bitch, then you die. Like Learn it, live it, love it. Yeah. Yeah. So I love much. it. Um, I thought this was a cool detail. Um, Darren Stein actually sent the script to Parker Posey, love. 90s queen, but she said, I have no high school left in me. <laughs> no she's, more high she's school. She's out high school. Yeah, she's done. She could have. She totally would have rocked in this film. Oh, like, totally. She would have killed it. Um, the film was filmed in thirty days, which I think is wild. That's wild for like the caliber of content, like they got. But you know what? It's small budget. Mm-hmm. They've got nothing to lose. It's kind of like thirteen. You it's know, very like, indie. Yeah, yeah, it's indie film. This is yeah. it, and that was another thing that drew like Rose McGowan to working with Darren. She wanted to work with a queer director again. Yeah. she loved the idea of that. Yeah, um, and yeah, they they've said that that they because they had such a small budget they kind of felt like they had a lot less rules. Like they yeah. had no one to answer to, so they could make the film how they wanted to. I love that. Um, which I think is really great. And it's worked out well for them. Yeah. Um, and he also said at the time, like, I'm going to make a cult classic. Yeah. <laughs> which is and very, he did. yeah, it's very like presumptuous mm-hmm. to say, um, but he fucking did. And it's we're so thankful for it. Yeah. I have to just note one thing as like an overall, like, view of the movie i love this like there's a constant tug between like beauty and like filth you know what i mean like you see like liz purr's like let's just use like the shot of liz purr's house for example you have like this really beautiful home but then there's these like old newspapers newspapers. just like scattered around there's like decay decay yeah Yeah. it's like beauty and decay Mm. you have like when um violet fern smells the rose and then there's like a caterpillar or like, like a centipede squeezes out at her or something. Yeah, yeah 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 it's like these really like these really beautiful moments that are met with like yeah filth you're filth. right filth yeah. decay yeah yeah grimy and you kind of also see that in the makeover like skipping ahead the makeover yeah. sequence how they've got that old hollywood style yeah. to the sequence but it's also a makeover, but also a make under because it's because Liz is dead. Yeah. So they're making up Liz, but then they're also making over Fern. Yeah. Into Violet. I had that in my notes. I was like, I love how this is a makeover, but it's just like so not your typical '90s makeover scene. It's like so dark. It's so dark. Like, it's so campy. Yeah, it's so, so old Hollywood. But um, also beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also love how on the staircase you see the transformed Violet with um, Courtney behind. And they're kind of wearing the same outfit, but in mm-hmm. different colors. Yeah. And it's kind of like a foreshadowing of like what's to come. Yeah. And um, I, Darren Stein said that he thinks of Violet like Frankenstein, mm-hmm. you know, like that's Courtney's monster yeah. that she made. And I kind of thought the same thing, like. And it's essentially her demise, right? It's, it's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. You've made this monster and mm-hmm. now she can, she's got you. She's got yeah. your number. Um, she's got you in a chokehold, sis. Yes. So the summary is the plan to kidnap Liz, one of the most popular school girls of Reagan High School, goes horribly wrong when her three friends, Courtney, Marcy and Julie, accidentally choke her to death with a jawbreaker. Mm-hmm. This movie from the start is just like... Boom, boom, boom. Like one thing after another. Like you are like confronted from the get-go. You are just like, well, this has started. Like that, it starts with a bang. I love the opening scene of the four girls walking down the hallway. Yeah. So iconic. Even more iconic would be the three. Yeah. That's the one that's made the tumble around. Definitely. <laughs> um, but the four walking at the start is, is so iconic. Um, yeah. And it's interesting that like where the placement of Liz is, where they're walking, she's on the side, mm-hmm. but she's the queen bee. Yeah. Whereas when she dies, um, Courtney stays in the middle. Yeah. Cha- her outfit's changed. She starts wearing reds and purples mm-hmm. and she's clearly the queen bee, but she's always the center. Yeah. So it's like kind of telling of like the kind of ruler that each girl, that was. Each girl was. Like Liz, yeah. queen bee, but she ruled with kindness. I loved um, Fern's Fern's description. She was like, she's the princess die of Reagan High. Mm. Um, and that like really sums her up. Yeah. You know, she's like the people's princess. The people's princess. 
Can I say something? Imagine how horrifying it would be for your friends to abduct you literally yearly. That is fucked. Yeah. So Darren Stein based it off these four girls at his own school that used to do that to one another on their birthdays. Oh my God. Isn't that wild? That's wild. That's literally my worst nightmare. But also like, wouldn't you know what was coming? I'd be like locking my door. I would be telling my parents, but yeah. then also Liz's parents aren't home. No. And the, so like, of course she was going to die when they shove a jawbreaker into her mouth. Yeah. That is terrifying. Well, the girls didn't know Courtney did it. We yeah, find out like a little bit later on, which yeah. is crazy. So what happens is they wake her up. They, um, sh- Courtney shoves the jawbreaker into her mouth. They're all disguised at this point. So you don't even know that it's them. Yeah. Um, and they put her in the boot and they rip off their masks. And then you see it's her three friends. Um, and then they get to the car park and then they like open up the car park to take a photo of her, wake her up and, and she's, she's dead and like dead, dead, like pale mm-hmm. eyes, like corpsey. Yeah. Yeah. She is blue. And that jawbreaker is lodged in her throat. Well, it's her such throat. a gross, like grotesque it's image. grotesque. Yeah. And it, like, For three mil. Tr- that's great. Yeah. That's great. It triggers effects. me. Yeah. Like I'm just like, oh my God, it gives me a fear to like swallow a tablet. You know what I mean? Like okay. it makes me scared. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Dead. It's it's such a confronting like image though, right? Mm. Um, I need to say something before we pan into the story. One thing I love about this intro, like after all that stuff happens, is that like intro, I guess the intro credits are all about like you see the making of a jawbreaker. And I love, yes, that, I love that imagery. It's very like the making of, you know, that, you know, that series, the making of, but yeah. it's like, it's like so ASMR. beautiful. Yeah, it is. But it's not. beautiful. It's yeah. just shot so beautifully. I love the weird, like haze this movie has as well throughout, like the way it's shot. Yeah. It's got this beautiful haze, quite reflective of another era. Mm-hmm. Like it almost gives you like. It feels like you're watching something in the 50s or retro. 60s. Yeah. 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 And obviously that's reflected in the clothing. Yeah. Um, and that's it. That's why it's so cool because you watch mm-hmm. it and you're like, people would be wearing this now. Like, yeah. especially with the types of colors that they're wearing. Everybody's yeah. collar blocking. Yeah. Um, and just like the silhouettes that they have. It's very like Valley of the Dolls, you know? Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. They said that the costuming was kind of maybe like, I'm just going to say Valley of the Dolls meets Grease. Yeah. Yeah. Judy really gives Sandy post makeover, mm-hmm. don't you think? Like yeah. the slicked back hair. She's always wearing these ultra tight outfits. Yeah. Like very And it gets tighter and latex-y. more sexy yeah. as the film progresses and as mm-hmm. she kind of gets to her like Queen Bee status. Her peak. <laughs> yeah. I love the shot of her like rocking on the car, the hood of the Corvette. Yeah. Or whatever car she's that driving. Corvette, it's Corvette. Yeah. Stunning. Yeah. Stunning. It's just, and it made me giggle because it's so funny. Like yeah. just. People would not, would not do that where they just sit on the car and they're just no. rocking by themselves and there's a crowd of boys like watching you. <laughs> like what? Whack. Okay. So then the girls obviously start to freak out and then Courtney kind of pulls them in line um, and says, you know, like this is just what we're going to have to deal with. Like yeah. she's dead. So. And can I just say Courtney is too chill from the get go. I'm like, sis. She's a psycho. If my dead friend was in my boot, it's like I'm calling the police and I'm like, fuck. I would be Julie. We made a mistake. 100%. Yeah, I would yeah. be Julie, narc vibes, but like also. Would you like, be a Ju- Julie or a Foxy? No, I would not be a Foxy. Foxy is such a follower. She's such a follower. Yeah, it's like, come up with your own when her dad has that whole spiel to her about like her being a follower. And she's like, no, I'm not. And it's like, you don't even have friends. You are. Yeah, she's like, you don't even have friends. Yeah, she looks the same age as her dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Foxy looks like 30. <laughs> She probably already was by Dead. that point. So then obviously Julie wants to call the police and then this is where we kind of like see that break in the group start to happen. Um, Courtney forbids her and then she calls the school pretending to be Liz, um, Liz's mother and tells them that yeah. she's sick and she can't attend. And then the three go to school as though nothing happened. Can I say that moment when Courtney calls her parents... Like, calls the school, sorry, and pretends to be her mum. And Foxy's like, you're so good at that. And it's like, she literally sounded exactly the same. (laughs) Same. She did not. I'm sure she didn't sound like Liz's mum. No, not at all. I was like, that was such a weird moment. Oh, it's because she's so up her ass. Yeah. Yeah. She's, um... 
What's her name in Mean Girls? She's Gretchen. She's, She's Gretchen, Gretchen 100%. She is. She is. Um, so then uh, Fern Mayo goes to the school principal to pick up Liz's homework. But like Miss Sherwood bumps into the girls in the bathroom. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you know, like where's Liz today? And then um, she's like, come pick up Liz's homework um, after school. school. And then mm. I love this scene because they all open up their bags. There's that cool shot of them all opening up their bags, whipping out their lipsticks and compacts and then dotting on the lipstick. I was going to say this movie like really speaks to us and our industry, right? I was like, bitch, this is everything. All the beauty shots are just... Stunning. Every, yeah, everything. Yeah. And once again, it's kind of like, it's like grungy. Like all those beauty shots have like a like sprinkle of grunge in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And just the filter that they use and, you know, it's not all pretty, pretty. Like they're sexy girls. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, Miss Sherwood walks into the bathroom and then she says to Courtney, please cover your bosoms. This is a learning institution. It's not a brothel. (laughs) And this was actually referencing the fact that the studio told them to cover up Rose McGowan for that scene because they were going to send her out in just the red bustier alone. But mm-hmm. it was too booby for high school. So they were like, you need to put a cardigan on her. Yeah, so that's what it's a was. cute look. Yeah. Um, going back to that little beauty moment. Sorry. I just love when Courtney Shea says, take a long, hard look in the mirror, girls. It's beauty time. And then like they pop the compacts. Yeah. It's just so iconic. So iconic. Yeah. And then just like saying like peachy fucking keen. Yeah. Like just so many quotable lines from this movie. Peachy fucking, fucking keen. keen. You see this really cool class scene in between where like you see all these like kind of mildly sexual innuendos throughout the class, like Darren the, or whatever. Yeah, his Darren name is like flicking his Darren. tongue. Hey baby. Yeah. <laughs> but I love like the sounds, me. like the cartoon sounds. Yeah. <laughs> I just did that actually. Dead. Who needs a sound bite? I also love the difference between like Courtney and Darren. Like Darren is your like typical preppy like high school boy, and like Courtney is kind of like I wouldn't say she's gothy, but she's like you know a bit like alternative, edgy, edgy like very you know gives this like bad bitch persona. That's just so different. What Rose McGowan said that when she was reading the script, it felt like Betty Davis in high school. Yeah, and that's yeah. literally what it is. Yeah, um, yeah, I just like. Going back to just like the cinematography, I love the colors in this movie. I love how it's shot. Um, this is actually at University High School in LA. It's just like such a beautiful, and it's like kind of like quintessential American high school image. Right? It's actually the same school where they shot Buffy. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. So then Fern goes to the principal's office and then she says that she'll um, drop off the homework to Liz because she's yeah. actually obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the girls go to pick up the homework, but then Michelle Wood's leaving and then she tells them, oh, Fern's going to go pick, her up, pick it up. So then they're like, okay, shit, well, we need to get home and do something with Liz's body. So then they um, decide to go back to the house and then they essentially come up with this plan to show that Liz was murdered. Mm -hmm. Um, So they bring the body back inside and then try to kind of like set it up. And then Julie is sitting at the vanity and she opens up the card that they got Liz for her birthday, like in a previous year. And it's one where you kind of record a voice memo. Yeah. Then they change their mind about what happened to her and then say that it was S.A. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't the card say something like, you're hurting me or mm, something like that? Yeah. Something along those lines. Yeah. One thing I love, and I shouldn't have laughed in this moment, but when they're carrying her up the stairs, Fox is like, that's no 105 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny. It's meant yeah, to be it's funny. funny. Yeah, it's funny. Um, yeah, kills me. And then while all this is happening, Fern's essentially on her, uh, Fern is on her way home from school. And mm-hmm. that's where she has that like weird moment with the caterpillar on the rose. <laughs> like she yeah. smells the rose. And yeah. then she's like um, kind of rehearsing her lines at the front. And I kind of, Judy Greer said that she kind of like Fern resonated with her because she felt like she was the girl who just really wanted to be liked. And mm-hmm. she felt like people often overlooked her and yeah. that kind of thing. And I feel like that as well. Like I always want people to like me. Um, oh, boo. Yeah, no, like I just like... Had I feel that like everyone look. feels that way, right? Yeah, yeah, you want people yeah. to like you. Um, some people don't. Some yeah. people don't give a shit. Some people just have that bad bitch attitude about mm, them. Yeah, I wish I was mm-hmm. more like that. But Me too. I'm not. Neither. Um, so then she goes to knock on the door, but that's when um, Foxy screams. Um, mm-hmm. And she's like, she looked at me. And then Courtney's like... 
her eyes are open. She's going to look somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then Fern kind of overhears them talking about the murder. And then Courtney's like, "Um, I killed Liz. I killed the the teen dream. Deal Deal with with it. it. They open the door, find Fern there. And then they have this conversation about, you know, like, what the fuck are you going to do? What did you hear? And Julie's trying to like defend her and be like come on Fern let's go I'll drive you home and then Courtney's very much like no no you're not going anywhere until you tell us what you know she wants to interrogate she wants to interrogate her and then she convinces Fern to basically take Liz's place in the core four which then becomes three because Julie's not about it yeah and Fern is willing to do that because she's so enamored with these girls and this group and she just wants to be one of them Fern just wants to be seen. She's Sheena. She's literally (laughs) Sheena. She's Sheena. She's Sheena. She's Sheena Shay. She's Stassi. Yeah. Yeah. Katie is Julie until she has tequila. Yeah, Katie is Julie until (laughs) she becomes tequila Katie. And Foxy is Is definitely Kristen. Definitely Kristen. Yeah. Yeah. Dead. Um, So then that's where they have their fun makeover scene, which is not fun, but it's actually very dark and twisted. And uh, obviously Liz gets found, like Mm -hmm. her body gets found by the parents. They come home, blah, blah, blah. And then she, Fern is introduced to the school body as her new persona, Violet. Violet. The peroxide... Amazon in her pink peasanty outfit, not peasanty, more just like pink frilly outfit. Pink frilly, yeah. And nobody knows who she is, and no. it's so funny. Like they think she's a new student because she got a makeover. Um, and it's a very like nineties like teen comedy vibes where yeah. they have a makeover and people are like, oh my people god, you're like, a new <gasps> person. <gasps> yeah. Oh my god. Who are like you? ugly duckling into yeah. the swan. Yeah. Um, I love how like going back to that. Um, scene. I love how they go as far to make it seem like she's also had plastic surgery. Like, I mm. think, like, Courtney says, like, a nose job and, like, you know what I mean? Oh, like, she yeah. makes it as if they've gone that far to, like, yeah. give her, like, a full-blown makeover. Um, <laughs> it's like... It's so extra, this film. It takes six weeks to yeah. heal. Like, she, she wasn't doing that. She's it's wearing, so like, a bandage extra. on her nose the whole time and that yeah. swelling doesn't go down for, like, a year. Exactly. Dead. I noted here as well, I think it was at this moment where I was like, Julie's outfits are just so stunning. Like... And they change. Yeah. Much like in Clueless. Yes. And which is a Mona May, Vicky Barrett kind of thing. Like the the costumes really help to drive the character um, yeah. progression. And Julie's outfits at this point, yeah, they become less part of the group and more denim and yeah. more relaxed um, color palette as well. She's giving 70s. Like she's moved from this really structured 60s kind yeah. of era yeah. to like this more 70s chill. Yeah, 70s, also 90s, 90s as well. 90s, yeah. And just, yeah, relaxed colour palette, like denim, soft pinks. Mm-hmm. Lots, yeah, lots of denim and blues. Yeah. Um, whereas the girls in the group are still wearing a lot of, like, colour blocking and vivid colours like green and then wearing, like, pinks and purples or purples and reds together, which yeah. I think is really fun. They're trying to stand out. Julie's mm, trying peacocking. to, like... They're all peacocking. No, they're peacocking, yeah. yeah. And, I and love, Julie's trying um, to be normal. I yeah, guess. and that's it. And that kind of, like, shows that she's kind of left the clutch... Courtney's... Um, she's left the clutches of the group and she's yeah. like relaxed into herself yeah. and she can kind of be who she is. This is her simp era. <laughs> Why is it her simp era? What does that it is, mean? She's kind of like a little bit defeated. She's like definitely stripped a lot back. Yeah. She's I still don't got beautiful. At all. She's still got beautiful makeup. Mm. Like her makeup. The makeup I don't think just she's defeated at all. I think she's more coming into her own because you kind of see that mm. the only tie that she had to that group was Liz. Yeah. Because they were childhood friends. Yeah. But she doesn't align with Courtney, not her beliefs. She's not a follower like Foxy is. So she's really just like, fuck is, I'm mm. done. I feel like she's a little bit defeated, just only in the sense of she doesn't know where to go next. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, I suppose. Like, because she sits with the goth girls for yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. She's agree. like, what the fuck? Like, she's trying to find her... F- I guess she's trying to find her footing, you yeah, know? Yeah. In this new era of her life. Yeah. Fair, um, fair. She then meets the boy mm-hmm. that afternoon. Zach. Zach. Yeah. Who is, like, kind of like a bit of a heartthrob. He's giving heartthrob. He's giving... He looks like Devin Sauer, but he's not. I don't know who that is. He's um the guy who played Casper. 
Oh, cute. Yeah, he kind of gives that kind of energy. Okay. Um, but I got. <laughs> I love how you know what the guy looks like who played Casper like a ghost. <laughs> because um, girls in the Philippines were obsessed with him, and oh, I had dead. to learn who he was because they would always be like, "Do you know who Devon Sawa is?" And I was like, "What is that?" <laughs> I was like, "What is a Devon Sawa? Devon sandwich?" Who is Hunky Dory? <laughs> dead. Um. Unrelated, but Rebecca Gayhart actually read for Marcy and Julie. Interesting. Yeah, but they said that she was definitely a Julie. A hundred percent. Which I agree with. She's I got too imagine. much like gusto and like too yeah. Yeah. It's even like with Rose McGowan as Courtney Shea. Like I know um Parker Posey could have been really cool and fun, but like I can't literally imagine any other actress playing playing this role. Like she I was made for that role. Made for it. Yeah. Like this is a quintessential Rose McGowan. Even just like backstage things. Like I think Rose McGowan is very much a bad bitch. Always has been. We've kind of seen that more come to front and center with the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been really outspoken about all stuff around that. Yeah. But um, I think as a person, like there's multiple times on scene. I think like one moment the director, Darren, told... Um, fern to blow something in in Courtney's face, mm. um, and she like wax. I think she waxed a cigarette out of her hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's real. Like that mm. was her actual response. Yeah, that wasn't like a planned stage thing. I think she's just like not going to take shit from anyone. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I think um, what she said was that Darren really just kind of let her be. Like he understood that she got who this person was. Yeah. Um, and she said that what she enjoyed so much about it is that Courtney is the type of person who is a sociopath Mm -hmm. and they don't realize that they're evil. Yeah. So that was something she could fully kind of dive into and really flesh out for the character. And I think that was really cool. And she just plays it so well. Yeah. And I think obviously we've talked about how great Judy Greer is in this Mm -hmm. role. Um, Just so good. Like she really is the type of um, actress who can like, give it back to Rose McGowan. Like, I love the riffs that they have, like, in that one bathroom scene where she confronts her. Yeah. Um, and she's like, I made you, bitch. Like, all of that, like, rule, but don't forget who made you. Like, that iconic line. Yeah. Just, yeah, so good. They are, like, proper feuding. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just a random thing that I noticed, um, just the whitest school body that I've ever seen. Like, oh. the only ethnic person is Tatiana Ali. Yeah. <laughs> This is Caucasia. Yeah. Except and then for, like, yeah. And then the one Tatiana Asian Ali. guy who's an extra at the end. That was it. I can't even remember. He was in school prom and he threw a corsage at, oh, at Courtney. Oh, okay. That was it. And yeah. he didn't even get to like say his line because no. the camera like panned away from him. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. Yeah, wild. Um, okay, so then back to the film. Julie obviously wants to go to the police. And so then she leaves the group. Um, Violet is now part of it. And they're kind of like teaching her the rules of the game, like the girl rules, you know, like you can't eat at lunch and you do not eat from a paper bag. Really like, really like you can't eat in public. Yeah, you can't eat in public. I love how she's like, we love food. We love nutrition. We just don't love doing it in front of people. (laughs) Like I love, I love the, I love the like thought process behind it. Um, And then she's like points at one point. She's like, if you like, it's not anorexia. If we were anorexic, we'd be like that table and it's like girls like pushing around. Oh, God. It was like, it's yeah. very like, it's like dark comedy. That's yeah. like dark comedy in its roots, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like she's essentially saying like we eat a nutritious and balanced diet, but mm. no one knows it. Yeah. And there's just like so many more like cool little rules, not cool rules, but just like rules that they kind of go through to get Fern to understand like, how to behave in yeah. public as part of their little group. Part of their um, group. So toxic, but. The most toxic. Yeah. It's like, it, it's, it's really, and it's film. really comedy in that era, right? It's like, you know, you would never put a scene like that in a movie today. No, unless it was comedy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Mean Girls very much adopted that. Yeah. In their, in their scene in the lunchroom where they yes. bring Katie in and they explain like we wear pink on Girls Wednesday. who eat their feelings. Girls yeah. who don't eat anything. Mm. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It, it was yeah. all and very. And on Wednesdays we wear pink, all that kind of thing. EDs were very like casual in that era. Mm. It's wild. Yeah. And then even explaining like Violet to her and not, you know, using Rose because Rose is so common. Yeah. And it needs to be like an unpredictable floral name. I love the irony of like 
obviously Rose's name is Rose McGowan. Like, I love the irony of her saying that line. Mm. And it's her name. Yeah, I didn't even <laughs> think of that. That's so true. How funny. Oh, so then we're introduced to uh, Detective Vera Cruz. I love diversity, a little sprinkle. Oh, yeah, true. True, true, sprinkle. true. Yep. So she's introduced and she's here to figure out who the hell murdered Liz. Yeah. So she questions all the girls. And you really see that, like, Courtney does not break in that interview no she is a total sociopath she just understands like people and how to behave Mm -hmm. and she doesn't flinch like when she shows the jawbreaker marcy's like because she's like have you seen this before and she's like no No. and then courtney's (laughs) like yes like of course she's seen a jawbreaker before you know yeah who hasn't seen a jawbreaker i used to get them from like my corner store i've never had one in my entire (gasps) life they're fucking disgusting in the sense that like you keep this thing around and you just lick it and you just lick it yeah that's it i think i got one because of the movie yeah and then i never ate it because i was like this is gross those things are like twinkies like they'll survive the apocalypse you know what i mean like but twinkies are better than yeah yeah (laughs) i would eat a twinkie dead same (laughs) oh and then like at this point as well like we forgot i mean we did talk about this the scene where courtney's at home with um dane um and she's got like the the big stick yeah and then they're having that like thing where she kind of like basically makes him like it off yeah and it's so funny because it's like she is a dom top she's a dom top she's a dom daddy 69 like that's it's so funny she really like Where's the pants? She yeah. picked the energy. Yeah, totally. And it's like, she said, she did say in the interview as well with Entertainment Weekly, she was like, um, the guy who played Dane, she's like, good on him. He was such a good sport. Like, he really did get into the scene. Like, he knew what the role was. Yeah. And she loved doing it as well because it was just like so darkly funny. Yeah. And twisted. There's yeah. this, and there's this underlie of like hypersexuality in this movie and like it's kink not it's even almost underlined. like it's overtly no, it's sexual it's overtly sexual and it's like kink it's not even like just normal sex it's like this really obscure it's like, not vanilla at no, all no it is all not vanilla all the time yeah it's yeah. like and the thing I like about this I guess like versus a euphoria euphoria is just like a bit like trashy sometimes but this is like so smart mm-hmm. in the way it's sexual is like there's not really any like you don't sex see any. scenes. You, you don't, don't see, see anything. anything. But you're like, this is like dirty. This is grimy. This is like, you and know you what s- I mean? Like I said, I was squirming during that scene, yeah. but you still yeah. don't see anything. Totally. Yeah, it's great. That scene and like the Marilyn Manson scene, which we can kind of touch on a bit I later. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, I have in my notes Marilyn Manson, ew. I have but in my notes, together at the time. Marilyn Manson life imitating art, question mark. It's like, mm. it kind of, it's so, it's even more confronting now knowing like all these allegations that have come out against Marilyn Manson yeah. recently. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like the, the sex scenes in this movie or like really lack thereof, like or I guess the sexual scenes in this movie, they're so, yeah, obscure and like niche, but I love it. Mm. Yes, agree. Can we talk about Vera's fits for just like a hot minute? She is so... Vera. Vera. Um, she is so contrasting to literally everyone else in this movie. She's it's very so like... Jackie Brown. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, she is just like all black. Trench, like, like black androgynous. Yeah. I love it. Mm. Vera really brings the mood. Yeah. She brings great. the drama. And she suspects, like, who's behind this, yeah. but she doesn't let up. Yeah. So then at this point, um, Violet starts to become kind of intoxicated with her newfound popularity um, and it eclipses Courtney's own. And you see that with um, her basically hooking up with a mechanic at a car dealership. Yeah. I don't know if it's at a car dealership, but she gets the Corvette, rocks up at school and Courtney's like, looks around like, what the fuck is going on? Like, how how does this bitch have a Corvette and we're driving together in this little car? T, if you weren't married, would you do that for a Corvette? I would. Hook up with someone? (laughs) Yeah. No. For that car? No. I'd do it. Car's a car. (laughs) Fucking hell. That car is stunning. I know, but I'm not hooking up with anyone for a car. (laughs) It's just a a kiss. I don't give a fuck. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'll keep my... I'll keep my polo. Dead. Yeah. yeah. Okay. T. I'll see you with my Corvette, sis. <laughs> <laughs> so then that's when they have that great bathroom scene. Um, and then also as well, she, Courtney suggests that Violet join like the drama, drama team. Yes. Drama 
club. Drama club. To join the play so that she yeah. can like find her new boyfriend in Zach, who is yes. actually Julie's new boyfie. Yeah. I yeah. love when Courtney brings her to the poster and she's like, I can't guarantee hetero status. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's such like a cute way of being like, he could be gay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love it. And so very good. ambiguous, very off the time. Like this is the era where it's like, you know, you can say someone's head, like there's a spectrum of mm-hmm. sexuality. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it, that's how f- this movie kind of stays relevant. It was really smart with its language. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And even with like the scene where Violet is speaking to Zach and they have that little back and forth because he's like, oh, captain of the cheerleading s- squad and an actress, mm-hmm. you know, or a theater kid or whatever. And then she's like, everything's changed now. Like it's not how it used to be kind of thing. Yeah. That's not the line, but you know what she's I mean? She's in charge. Yeah. 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 She's not going to be intimidated by this drama boy. She's there. She's got sass. She's not going to be intimidated by anyone at this point. No. She's even, she's laying the land. She's like, Courtney is not in charge. I am. I know. I know. I love that. She's really eclipsing her. This is her golden era. Yes. (laughs) Um, And then also, I mean, we did talk about Marilyn Manson, but basically Courtney is kind of suggested that Liz was on the DL um, sleeping with just older men. She freaky would, deaky. Freaky deaky. She would go out at she night to clubs. She was going to bars to get laid. Yeah, to prowl and like look for men and like sleep with them and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, when really it's actually Courtney that does that. Yeah. Seems. Courtney's yeah. the little. Mm. And they kind of just imply that Liz was sleeping with somebody and then that's how she got murdered. Yeah. Yeah. Liz Purr. Liz Purr. You mean meow? <laughs> you mean the cat's meow? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you mean meow? Why would you call her that? Because she's the cat's meow. Also, Dead. I have a note in here about... So, when the girls drive into school, they almost run over Julie. Mm-hmm. And there's that shot of her and she's wearing the black-rimmed yellow sunnies. Love. Oh! This is... And that makeup look is so... So 90s. Beautiful. So 90s. So beautiful. I think it's like a simple black liner and she's like almost like overpowdered and quite like... Cat-like. Cat-like in her vibe and yeah. I'm just obsessed. Melissa Gayhart was married to Johnny Depp, right? No, Rebecca Gayhart. Rebecca Gayhart, Was sorry. married to Eric Dane. Eric Dane. Yeah. McSteamy. McSteamy. That's yes. right. Are they still married? No. no. they split up recently. I think in the last couple of years okay. at least. That's a hot couple. Yeah, I know. And then, so I also love the line when she's like, who the hell do you think you are, Angeline? And then she pulls her into the bathroom, Courtney. So good. Because there's that TV show about Angeline now that's just come out. Starring Emmy Rossum. Oh, I haven't seen it. It's um, I don't think it's out yet. I think it's like coming coming soon. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll find the name of it. We'll link it in the show notes. And then obviously they have that back and forth where she's like, you taught me to rule, rule, bitch, but don't forget who made you. Yeah. Basically the way that um, Courtney gets her is by posting pictures of like what fern looked Looked like like before before, which is sad because it's like it taps into this fear of people finding out who you used to be yeah and it's like i don't know if that's still a thing now i feel like people embrace like even what they look like in high school no i was fucking fugly in high school and i never want anyone to see those photos (laughs) i was like just a mess yeah and, but I'll find those photos and I'll post them. I definitely think I've matured into my face. Mm. Like I, w- I had like hella baby face then. Like I feel like everything's evened out now. Yeah. I think that we're just like in this era of like so much self-love mm-hmm. that people people love an excuse to show their glow up. You know, like how, look, how good sis. they look now. Yeah. Like why not? Yeah. I don't have the same shit eyebrows that I used to have five, no. ten 15 years ago? Like, I don't have my blonde tips and my, I don't know what. My mullet? Yeah. I, I had like a reverse mullet. Not the mullet. No, not a reverse mullet. Not the mullet. <laughs> not a reverse mullet. You had your Karen hair. <laughs> yeah, but I also had a mohawk. Yeah, edgy Karen. No, I also had like a long, so I had a mohawk through the center yeah. of my hair and then long hair on the sides. So you that is your, a reverse mohawk, yeah, isn't kind it? Kind of. You had yeah. your, that was Rihanna's hair, wasn't it? No, this was MySpace emo girl hair because uh, okay. it was blonde and black. Yeah. 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 Raccoon. Yeah, raccoon vibes. Raccoon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then this is the part where, you know, Violet breaks down. She hits her head um, because she's seen, you know, her poster plastered everywhere. And then I kind of love Marcy's laugh. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. 
And then Julie confronts Courtney and then they mm-hmm. have their iconic exchange of lines like, life's a bitch, then you die. And then it's over, Courtney. I am petrified. <laughs> I used to say that to people all the time. I am petrified. For a movie that I only watched once as a child, it so really many had of... a lasting impression. Yeah, on me. like yeah. I... Yeah, I was trying to be Courtney. This is a visual treat. This is a... Like, it really tantalizes all the senses. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's so beautiful. Like, it's such a beautiful movie. Yeah, it's yeah. great. And then, obviously, there's the formal, the prom scene. Yeah. Where they figure out how to kind of bring Courtney down. And that's with the card. Because they realize that she recorded that line on the, on the card, card by accident. Yeah. Courtney is giving Medusa. She's giving Greek goddess. We're talking about the prom outfits Yes, now. sorry. We're talking about the prom outfits. She's giving Greek goddess. She's giving, but also like pure evil. At this point, she's like, everything is so like, everything she's wearing is very cold. Mm-hmm. And it's reflecting her, right? Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, you have um, Marcy wearing a very tacky outfit with her crimped hair and feather boa. <laughs> Love. I'm obsessed. And she was actually wearing a dress that was one size too small and it ripped. <gasps> so that's why they put the feather boa oh just God. to cover it up. And she said that basically after the movie was over, all the clothes were like shredded because they were just like either too tight. Because so many of the clothes were thrifted. Yeah. So they had to do a lot of alterations they just by had hand. to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, um, Mona, And then we have like... Violet and oh sorry I'm gonna say Fern now because she's not Violet anymore but yeah. Fern and Julie Julie's wearing this beautiful aquamarine outfit with like a sheer maxi skirt so you can kind of see her legs mm-hmm. it's a lot softer it's very subdued she doesn't want to stand out anymore she's no. over it mm-hmm. and then in Fern's outfit she kind of does draw the eye because she's kind of embracing like this new look that she's got but she's not um the kind of Courtney evil queen bee. She's yeah. in that mermaid outfit. Mermaid, yeah. sorry, mermaid silhouette dress. Yes. It's very kind of like grease. Yeah, and it looks she's, beautiful. She's owning her beauty now. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I'll touch on that she said as well, when she was dressed up as Violet, she caught a lot of the men on the set's eyes and like people were like... Ogling her. Yeah, ogling her, but also more afraid to approach her. Oh, okay. And then when she was dressed as Fern, the men were perhaps more approachable, but mm-hmm. not not as... Um, yeah. So it really reflects like her character and it just shows like styling and the way you dress can really like portray... Affect can really affect how people portray you. Yeah. Yeah. You. yeah. yeah. Um, she also said that the dress was actually double her size originally, but, and everybody was like, you can't make that smaller to Vicky Barrett. And she was like, hell yes, I can. And she Mm -hmm. basically made it smaller for like to fit, um, Judy Greer and it worked out perfectly. That's amazing. That dress fits like a glove. I know. And also another detail was like they hand stitched those seams in the back Mm -hmm. of their stockings. Mm -hmm. You know how they wear like colored stockings and there's like a red seam or a purple seam. Yeah. Yeah. They sewed those in, which I think was a really (gasps) Into a stocking. Mm -hmm. Jeez, that would have been hard. I can look at a stocking and it'll rip. rip. Yeah. (laughs) So you obviously see Courtney get crowned as prom queen. Um, When she goes to give her speech, you see that um, the card is being played through the audio. Kyle has set it up. Zach. Zach, sorry. Um, because Zach is making up names. I know. Sis. Why do I keep calling her Melissa Gayhart? Melissa Gayhart. Kyle. Um, (laughs) Who are these people? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'm just getting my like New Jersey and Beverly Hills Housewives weaved into this. Yeah. Um, So Zach plays the card over the speaker and then cuts out Courtney's speech. And then the um, classmates realize that that's Courtney's voice and that she killed Liz. Dane walks away from her. And then she, there's that shot of her walking through the crowd and her getting like, like flowers, yeah, thrown flowers at thrown at her, and she's like, you know, mascara running. Yeah. The silver bit is coming out of her hair. She's yeah. a mess. She's a mess. It's great, and I love um, the shot of uh, Julie looking at her and just with her big blue eyes yeah. sparkling, and she's like, eat shit, eat Courtney. Shit, Courtney. Yeah, and yes, her teeth, it's iconic. The wide smile. Yeah. Rebecca Gayhart looks like a cat. She does. She looks like a Cheshire cat. Like a stunning cat. Like stunning she Cheshire cat. She looks like cat. a rag doll. Like a beautiful cat. But the image of her that never leaves my head is her dead in like, not Jeepers Creepers, not the faculty. It's one of those like 90s. Okay. Like It was the horror film horror. before this one. Okay. Yeah, she was in that. Jeez. Mm. Just because her eyes are <laughs> so scary. blue with like the really tiny um, pupils. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love right at the end when she goes to take um, Courtney's photo and she's like, smile. And then Courtney's like, (laughs) (laughs) That's what I love about this movie. They have so many of those cartoony sounds. Yeah. 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 So good. So good. Um, That's the movie. So. Ten. Like, same. (laughs) I just love the movie so much. I feel like I always cop out by being like, 10, I love it. But, like, I love this movie. And obviously we choose movies we love. Yeah. So it's rare that we go back and we're like, oh, we hate it. It doesn't date. The dialogue is incredible. Yeah. The music is great. The outfits are iconic. Styling, Um, cinematography. Yeah, all of it. Everything about it to me. Like, I'm like, you cannot fault this movie. And it still shocks me to this day. And I do blame the R rating. Mm. For it probably not getting the traction it needed and yeah. the lack of support from the studios. I think critics just weren't ready for a film like this. Yeah. It was very before its time. It was time. very before its time, which mm. is why like films become cult classics, right? Yeah. Like they weren't quite ready. Yeah. They, they weren't fully baked yet mm-hmm. in, I guess, society. You yeah. know what I mean? Like society wasn't quite ready for this film just yet they weren't ready for that level of kink yeah yeah (laughs) they weren't ready for some um popsicle licking times yes yeah all righty that's it guys that's it um so guys please come follow us on instagram i'm sure we have new listeners now because of tiktok we've had some viral videos recently hopefully oh good job sis so welcome to those listeners. Yeah, welcome to the TikTokers. Um, if you are not following us on TikTok yet, you can. WomanFuzzy underscore podcast. It's the same on Instagram. You can also follow us as individuals. Amelia is at Amelia Singson and I'm at Shinino. And also make sure that you're subscribed to us and leave us a review and a five-star rating. Helps us grow. Yeah. Helps share other people us with find your friends, us. Pop us on your stories. We love seeing when you guys share us on stories. Just, yeah. Just to know that you listen. Like we can see who listens to us. Not mm-hmm. who, but like we can see how many people, but it we helps We can us. see people are listening, but we would love to see who's listening. Yeah, definitely boost our ego just yeah. to know that we have some devoted <laughs> listeners. We love seeing. Shout out Morgan. Yeah, shout out to Morgan. <laughs> and Carly. Shout out to Carly. Shout out to Tashi. Shout out to all the girls that have supported us really since like day one. We're up yeah. to like episode thirty. Two or thirty-three now. It's crazy. Wild. Yeah. Coming up on a year. I know. That's crazy. Uh, Insane. Anyway, lockdown baby. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, guys. We will see you. See you next week. week. Bye. Bye.